Welcome to this episode of the For the Kingdom, Not the Brand podcast. I want to use this mini episode as a means to share my experience with witnessing to a classmate in the past um, and also dealing with a class, a classroom environment with content that doesn't necessarily properly interpret scripture. Um, this is somewhat just, um, I would say it's kind of like a filler episode while I'm still working on the modesty episode. Uh, which I've been, I've been kind of, um, I, I don't want to say procrastinating on since, um, I, I guess the only excuse that I have for that is just, um, I've been dealing with cleaning my place and also moving out and currently hold up at a friend's place, uh, right now until I fly back to good old Atlanta tomorrow morning. I mean, um, evening crap. Um, okay. But first, um, I just need to clarify some things from, previous episodes, I did not mean to say that the initial church that I planned to go to was entirely unbiblical uh, to the point where it denied all of the orthodox overall beliefs of Christianity, but I mostly uh, just wanted to share the fact that um, I didn't connect very much to the initial church that I plan on going to. Um, I, I also wanted to tell people listening in um, how the largest church in your area isn't always the best choice for a church. Um, and in Maddie's episode, I also stated in the day that I was saved, I thought that the parable in the prodigal son was the main topic of the sermon, but I was wrong. Um, and I, I can only recall that a man shared his uh, testimony on how Christ changed his life in college. I think, I know for a fact that there had to be something more to that sermon um, after his like testimony or like something beyond his testimony, but I can't recall entirely from that day. Um, and okay, so now moving on from that, um, I'll kind of combine, uh, the previous aforementioned topics into like a singular kind of episode, if that makes any sense. Um, and for those who don't know, I took a religious studies class in the spring semester of my freshman year of college. Um, and this was about religion and sexuality in Greek and Roman culture, rabbinic Judaism and early Christianity. Um, it was a class involving, um, I mean, basically compared how these, these various like religious groups viewed sexuality and gender. And it was in this class where I was introduced to ancient, to ancient rabbinic texts. And, and it was quite interesting and quite funny at times, especially with how passionate my professor was about the topic, since he was also Jewish himself. Um, and there were some topics that immediately caught my eye, like how some of the texts showed the very beginnings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Um, and these two groups are mentioned throughout the gospel accounts. Um, other topics like the stories of the supposed canonized saints was hilarious, especially with St. Thecla and how she was self-baptized in a vat of man-eating seals that was also struck by lightning. And I'm not making that up. Um, and um, I know that while at times it was a fun class, it was also at times a very upsetting course as well. And and that was especially so when the class covered First Corinthians chapter 14 and various other passages about the role of women in ministry or women in the church. I think that much of the proper context of those verses were really left out and those passages were used to paint various ideas that did not align with the proper interpretation of scripture. And while yes, the role of pastor, elder, etc. is reserved for men as prescribed in God's design for the church, a different role does not necessarily mean that people are less of value than others. And I think that seems to be a, a very pervading myth about how people view the church. And I think that's, I think that is probably going to be a topic for another episode in the future. Hopefully when I have someone a lot more knowledgeable and more wise on, in terms of how to address, um, the, the various, the various myths that people hold on to about the church. Um, 
And so as a result, like class days like that were when I was angry or grieved, but I chose not to say anything in class because it, it wasn't really like the wisest thing to do. And, and especially since I, I would not necessarily be able to say the truth with grace and that it would just be me with fury and all. I mean, just, it would be, I, I would be also proclaiming the truth, but um, I know that that would not be, I would just, I think that would just more or less show that I was just another, I don't know, crazy fundamentalist, as I say. Um, I'm not even sure if that even is like the right term for it, but um, the, the primary times that I did speak up about certain topics was during the uh, discussion session that I had on Fridays. And and the first time that I kind of spoke up, uh, I would say it kind of backfired. Um, especially when I talked about the proper context of first Corinthians chapter 14, when it says that women, um, I think it says the first Corinthians chapter 14, the women are to be silent in the church. And, and I was taking, um, I think it was called a gospel, uh, uh, one-on-one at the time. No, it's called foundations. Yeah. Um, and it was with, um, a handful of my now, um, a, a, a handful of my fellow, um, leaders at salt company and that passage was brought up by someone in the room and my college pastor was able to explain that in eastern cultures men and women sit on opposite sides of the room in churches so if the women in the corinthian church would tuck their husbands during the service by asking a question they would have to yell in the middle of the sermon across the room and so that's the reason why that overall you know statement was said by paul in that chapter corinthians um, and i brought that up in discussion one day and it almost seemed like they they almost seemed to brush that off. And I understand how that uh, it was outside of the scope of the course. But, um, you know, I hope that that comment planted a seed in some way to lead to more people exploring what is the proper biblical view in regards to gender and sexuality. Um, and I've mentioned before in, I believe it was the last episode, uh, that, I shared a gos- uh, that I shared the gospel with a classmate of mine in the same class. Um, and... Honestly, looking back, I think I should have kept her contact info somewhere on my phone, but I got rid of almost all of my social media, like, I want to say a little over a week before the very first time I met her. Um, And from what I recall, she does still have my number because uh, we were trying to split into small groups and make like a study group in the middle of the the discussion section. Um, And... And while splitting off into small groups, if I remember correctly, the conversation was just a simple overview of the class. And eventually, I somewhat or somehow uh, brought up at some point to the group that I was a Christian. And one of them asked me near near the end of this you know, conversation time why Christians were so why Christians were so against the LGBTQ plus you no. Know, movement and why and I wasn't able to answer her question uh, right away from what I could recall I was extremely anxious about talking to her in the positive sense you know I, I wanted to share why homosexuality does not align with the biblical view of sexuality and I was able to after the class ended um, and I approached her and you know I just started a conversation about the Christian beliefs about sexuality and gender and I'll try not to recap for so long, but there were some points in the conversation where I was grieved in my heart about, you know, the various things that she said about sexuality. 
And, uh, you know, this young lady agreed that the Bible explicitly states that sexuality should be within the confines of marriage between a man and a woman. But I think she said something along the lines that in modern times, that concept can now change. Um, And so it's more of a progressive view of uh, sexuality, if you will. And eventually that shifted to me sharing the gospel and and my overall testimony to her. Um, and, and I referenced uh, that before I met Christ, I had the foulest mouth, yet it went away in an instant as soon as I was saved. Um, and she still viewed my faith as a mindset, but I still hope that the conversation that I had with her was able to grow some semblance of a gospel seed. And um, I guess with a story like that, I just kind of want to leave anyone listening in with the passage to really meditate on when we come across situations that test our faith or prompt us to share our faith in the Lord Jesus, um, my my recommendation for a passage to really meditate on is, um, I think it would be Colossians chapter four, and this passage was, and this passage was used by one of my pastors when he was sharing, or uh, while he was trying to share the gospel with his dad, um, who was abusive to him in the past, um, and. No, I think I heard from the story that uh, his dad was uh, his dad was saved and and he spent like a year like um, really being being involved in ministry serving and really showing that he he really was changed by Christ. Um, and uh, verses two to six in the CSB translation says, "Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open the door to us for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains, so that I make it." So, so that I may make it known as I should act wisely towards outsiders, making the most of the time, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt so that you may know how you should answer each question. Well, that's all I have for you today and blessings to you. And hopefully this, hopefully this episode equips you well. Um, So yeah, I'll catch you guys on the next episode. See ya. (laughs) 